the reading of that text, this is the second week that we've read the text, and we'll read it again next week. Because in that text, Jesus says some of the biggest things that are taught altogether in the New Testament. Some of the largest statements that he makes. Uh, we're reading uh, from the book of John. And just to give everybody a, a heads up, we talked about the way last week. That Jesus said he was the way. He was the epitome of the way. And he made two great statements. One was, he said, I am the way. And the second was, I'm the only way. Right. So that if, if you want to get to God, if you want to come to God, you have to come with Jesus. There's no other way to get to God. Now that's what he stated. In the Old Testament, the first 39 books of the Bible, these books lead you to the entryway lead you to Jesus so you can get on the way. The New Testament, the 27 books of the New Testament, tell you about Jesus and about the way. You cannot get to God using only the Old Testament. That is not the way. Or any other philosophy of man does not lead you to God. Jesus said, I'm the way, I'm the only way. Now, we, we record these sermons every week. And I, I listen to them, and I try to make sure that, that I'm saying the right things and saying them in the right way so that you can understand what we're talking about. Last week I cited a text that should have been uh, Hebrews 6.4, but I cited it as Hebrews 4.4, 4, so if you want to check that out again. Anyway, uh, let's, let's look at the book of John in particular. When Jesus said, if you look on the, on the uh, screen above you, he said, I... And the way, the truth, and the life. The book of John, the four Gospels, tell us about Jesus. The book of John is unique. It does not tell you about all the different things that the other three Gospels, the other three evangelists tell you about. So Matthew, Mark, and Luke will tell you a, a lot about the life of Jesus. The book of John will duplicate some of that information. But it's what I call, the book of John is what I call the I Am Gospel. Because in several places in, in the book of John, Jesus makes a statement of, of who He is. So in John chapter 1 at verse 14, he, he is the Word. He said, I am the Word. In John chapter 5 verse 17 and 18, He says, He is the Son of God. And of course, in John eight fifty eight, he says, I am God. I am that I am. In John 6, verse 35, he says, I am the bread of life. In John 8, verse 12, he says, I am the light. And in John 10, verse 7, he says, I am the door. In John 10, verse 14, I am the good shepherd. John eleven twenty five, 25, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. And in this text, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Big words. These are big words. Now, we're going to wrestle with one of these words today. And it is a word that is really tough to get a hold of. When Jesus says, I am the truth, he said something that, that actually sort of tipped the world over on its ear. Because people don't know what the truth is. Socrates, 400 years before Jesus wrestled around with this word, and he actually turned it into some sort of a metaphysical word. 
what, what, is, what is truth? And so you, you, you think about it in a number of different ways. What is truth? You really cannot have truth separate from an individual. And we're going we're gonna to see that as, as we move along. Truth doesn't exist apart from something else, especially an individual. Now, the Bible affirms in several texts, in, John, in Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 10, the Bible affirms that the Lord is the true God, He is the living God, and an everlasting King. So, not only does Jesus say, I am the truth, but the Old Testament affirmed that about God. He, it said that, that, that God said, I am, or that the Lord said, He is the true God. In John 7, verse 28, Jesus cried in the temple as he taught, saying, You both know me, and you know whence I am, and I'm not come of myself, but he that sent me is true. So, he's affirming that God is true. Now, Moses did that too. In Deuteronomy chapter 32, and at verse 4, Moses had gathered everybody together, and he had written the book. He had written a book, and the book we know as, as the law or the Torah. He'd written this book and he wanted them to put it in the, in the, uh, in the tabernacle, but, but put it in the Ark of the Covenant, put a copy of it there, put the original there. And then he got, got all the elders and the chief priests and the different ones that were, that were prominent and leaders of the people. He got them together and he said, I'm going to tell you something about this. And what he told them is, he said, God is a God of truth. Just and right. Now, why would you have to tell somebody that? That God is a God of truth. That He's a true God. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 9, Paul said, You turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God. So now he's making a comparison, isn't he? He's saying God is living and true, and idol is false. Okay, in John chapter 3, verse 31 through 36, the, uh, John the Baptist was introducing Jesus to the world. And so he had been present at the baptism of Jesus. He had, as a matter of fact, he had baptized Jesus with his own hands. And at this point, he's telling other people about his witness to Jesus. And he said, he that receives his testimony, that is, John the Baptist, he said, he that receives his testimony has set to his seal that God is true. Again, there's that word. And now, as far as Jesus is concerned, we've already read it in John chapter 1, verse 14, where the Bible says, The word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now the next logical step from this, let's just assume that everybody here understands it, and I know you don't, because I don't either. When the Bible says that God is true, I don't understand it yet. And when the Bible says that Jesus is true, I'm still not understanding it. I'm not comprehending it yet. I'm not comprehending what he's saying, basically. I have to get, I have to get more definition. The word truth is not a, a word within itself. It is a definition. It is a definition. It defines something. So when Jesus is saying he's truth, he's saying I define, I define something. 
I'm the definition. God is the definition. Okay. The next logical step in this whole matter then is that what God says is true. You follow me? What God says is truth. If He is true, then whatever He says is true. In Psalms 119 and verse 160, Psalms 119 is the longest chapter in the Bible. Psalms 119 160 says, Thy word is true from the beginning. Starting out. You started out, you started out telling us the truth and you continue to tell us the truth. Okay. John 17 and verse 17, Jesus talking to his Father says, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. He's talking about the Father. So Jesus is saying, your word is truth. Whatever you say, God, is true. If someone contradicts that, that's false. So we're getting some kind of a definition here in a way. Now, in Galatians 2, verse 5 and verse 14, the Apostle Paul, because... Now, what happened was, when Jesus left this earth, he sent the Holy Spirit back to inspire the apostles so that they could write down what he was wanting to tell you and me. So the Holy Spirit was sent as a comforter. He will guide you into all truth. Chapter 16, verse 25 of John. Whatsoever shall hear, that shall he speak. He will show you things to come. He'll take of mine and show it unto you. Okay. So now the apostles, when they're talking, when they're saying things, when we're reading, now listen, when we're reading the book of Acts, Romans, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and through Revelation, we're reading what Jesus is saying to us, and Jesus is saying, my word is true. So when you're reading the New Testament, you are reading essentially the truth. Do everybody agree to that? Yes, sir. <laughs> I sure agree to that. He's, he's telling the truth. Now, Paul said in Galatians, 5 verse, Galatians 2 and verse 5, and verse 14 also, he, he calls the gospel of Christ the truth of the gospel. The word gospel means good news. The good news is that Jesus came to save us. That's the good news. That's wonderful news. He came, to, he came to release me from bondage. And he says the same thing in Ephesians 1 at verse 13. That he calls it the truth of the gospel. So when I'm reading the gospel, I'm reading from Matthew through Revelation. I'm reading the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. And I'm reading, essentially, the truth. This is the truth. The term is perplexing. Let's see if I can run this thing. Let, let me tell you something about the charts that we have here. John Kearns made these charts for me. I just gave him the information. I, I'm, I'm an old school kind of guy where I go up to the whiteboard and I make, make my charts. But John made some charts for me. I, I sent him the information. He made some charts. And so there. There it is. The Bible definition of the word truth, and this is the etymological definition. In other words, it's the word, what the word means. The Hebrew word is emet. It's actually, there's only one vowel, and really, Hebrew didn't have any vowels anyway. The, the middle E is a vowel. But it's a, the word emet means steadfastness or reliable. Now, think about the personage that this represents. 
God says, I am steadfast. I am reliable. In the Hebrew. Okay, so the Old Testament talks about God. And it's saying, when he's true, it's saying, he is solid. He's there. He's, he's, he's going to always be there. In the New Testament, the Greek, and this is, this is a tougher word, really. Aletheia, and the A is the negative, which means not. A, Aletheia, or A, Lethos. The word truth in the New Testament means not hidden or not concealed. Not concealed. So, you know, I've wrestled with this word a lot. I'm sure you will too. He's not concealed. What does that mean, not concealed? He is what he is. He is the real deal, you could say. Jesus Christ said, I am, I am what you see. I'm who you see. And I'm, I am the truth. Now let's look in, let's look in John chapter 18. I, I have to take you back to some solid area here that we can kind of get an idea of what the problem is. And it was read this morning at the Lord's table, some of it. But in John chapter 18, at verse 33, it says, Pilate entered in the judgment hall again and called Jesus and said unto him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered him, saying, thou, uh, answered him, Sayest thou this of yourself, or did others tell it to you of me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you unto me. What, what have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then will my servants fight? That I should not be delivered to the Jews, but now is my kingdom not from hence. Pilate therefore said unto him, Are you a king then? Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world. That I should bear, and here's the, here's the statement, that I should bear witness to the truth. Wow. Do you know how many conversations and how many books and how many dissertations have arisen because of this statement that Jesus made? I came to bear witness of the truth. And old Pilate, and I want to tell you something, Pilate was not an ignoramus. Pilate was an intelligent, educated man. And he asked the question that men have been asking ever since and before that. What is truth? What is truth? Now, okay, you say truth is steadfastness. Well, that's true. Truth is steadfastness. God is steadfast. Let's, let's use some practical applications. See if I can do it here. Yeah. All right. Let's explain truth by contrast. Transparency or deception? Let's, let's talk about political things here. This word transparency is a, is a buzzword among the politicians, isn't it? They're saying, hey, we're transparent. You can see what we're doing. Sure you can. <laughs> sure you can. You know, it was Will Rogers that said he's going to vote the old rascals out and vote the new rascals in because he didn't trust politicians. And, I, and there's a reason why we don't, because they, they're, they're not reliable, are they? So a politician says, hey, if you'll vote me in, look at who I am. If you'll vote me in, I'll lower your taxes. 
And what happens? You vote them in, and what happens? Your taxes come up. So you lose confidence. Now listen, we're talking about the truth, but we can't separate the truth from the man, from the individual who's making the statement, can we? So transparency is, you, you have to see me, you have to have confidence in me that I'm telling you the truth. Now, the next, next statement is things that are true and false. How can we define true and false? Have you ever been uh, called to uh, sit on a jury? Or have you ever watched a, a jury trial on TV or been aware of one that's going on? And you know, the first thing they do when they call a witness to the stand, what do they do? The bailiff says, raise your right hand and swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth, so help you God. They don't, I don't think they put their hand on the Bible anymore. But the point is, when you swear to tell the truth, what you're, what you're saying is, you have to depend on my character that I'm going to tell you what's right. Well, here's where this business of truth comes in. The, the, uh, here's where, where the idea comes in that it's hard to get a hold of. Because a fellow says, okay, I saw an automobile accident... And this red car hit this man in the crosswalk and sped off. And another witness stands up and says, I saw this accident. And this, this fellow in a blue car hit him. Now, the point is, were either one of them telling the truth or were one of them lying? Probably not. They were telling the truth as they saw it. Isn't that correct? But they were telling the truth as they saw it. And that's where this philosophical concept of truth comes in. Truth is how we conceive of it, rather than being a solid factor. But the truth is, of course, we could, we could get down to it. The truth is that, that it's, it's hard to trust anything in this life that's true or not true. But when we put God on the stand, and we say, Lord, what about it? Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 18 says it is, it is impossible for God to lie. In the Garden of Eden, God told Adam and Eve, I've placed you here in the Garden of Eden and I've given you a right to eat of anything in the Garden except the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And guess who came along? The devil. And he said... That's not right. That was a lie. So you don't, nothing bad will happen to you. Go ahead and eat this fruit. And the consequence was, of course, that they were cast out. Now Jesus said concerning the devil in John chapter 8 verse 42, that he abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. He, is, he speaks a lie and he speaks of his own for he is a liar and the father of it. How do we know truth, what's true and what's false? Well, we have to depend upon the character of the individual telling story. If you tell me something, I have to depend upon your character, that you are actually relaying that information to me. Now that may mean that, may mean that uh, or it doesn't mean that I believe everything you're saying, because sometimes you can get your facts mixed up. And I can too. 
I can tell you a story, Bonnie can tell you the same story, and they may not match. But I'm telling you what I believe is right. She's telling you what she believes is right. That's sometimes conflicting. The problem is with a liar. Now, if I'm telling you something and it has some import in your life, and then I come over here and tell you something false and it has import in your life, then I'm a liar. And I'm, 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 sta- I'm taking the wrong stand. And there is such a thing as a liar. People who deliberately tell something false. It happens all the time. And when that happens, then that says something about our character. Now, there's also right and wrong. That's, that's been, been um, confused, hasn't it? Right and wrong. Well, the things that are right... Jesus said, all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but it's of the world. And he, he names sins, and there are sins that we can read in the New Testament. We can read what these sins are and what the, what the righteous acts are. And I, instead of going into all of them, I can use some examples, but, but let's just use an example. The Bible teaches me, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 4, and I'm going to use this example because it's, it's permeating our society. Hebrews 13, 4 says, Marriage is honorable among all, and the bed undefiled. But whoremongers and adulterers, God will judge. Okay. Marriage is honorable among all. No sex before marriage. No living together before marriage. No having sexual relations before marriage. The world says... And this is situational ethics. The world says, oh, that's okay. It's not the same now as it was then, so it's okay if you live together as long as you've decided that you can live together without marriage, and you've made that agreement, and who cares? And people do it all the time. When we were growing up, of course, I'm not going to say that society determines ethics and morals, but when we were growing up, it was kind of a shame for someone to say that, that they were living together, not married. Well, what's right and what's wrong? If I want to know what's right, I'm not going to go into society and ask them what's right. I'm not going to ask a philosopher what he thinks. I'm not going to ask Nietzsche. I'm, I'm not going to ask Descartes. I'm not going to ask these guys. I'm going to ask Jesus. Lord, what's right? What's right and what's wrong? And when I read my New Testament, I decide, when I read the New Testament, am I going to trust Jesus and the apostles and the truth by extension, the gospel? Am I going to trust that's what's right and that's what's wrong? Well, sure I am. If I believe that Jesus is the truth. There's the catch, isn't it? Do I believe that Jesus is the truth? If I believe He is the truth then I believe he's telling the truth. That's what I believe. In Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20 through 23, Isaiah made this warning a long time ago between right and wrong. He said, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes. Also, on our chart, 
we have the difference. And what we're doing is making a, trying to find out what truth is by contrast. So I can know the difference in what is truth and what's false by looking at the contrast, seeing who is right and who's wrong. Also, there, there is the authentic. Jesus is genuine. He is the one who came from God. He said, I am the word of God. I have been sent down from God. And he made that claim all during his life that he was the son of God and he came to die for our sins. He is authentic. But there are charlatans that say, oh, well, he's not the only Christ. He's not the only one. So we, we, have, we have this problem. Matthew 24 verse 14 says, there shall arise false Christ." 1 John 2 at verse 12 says, Who's a liar? But he that denies that Jesus is the Christ, he is the Antichrist. He denies both the Father and the Son. It's, a, it's an important point for us to recognize that it's not just something that people pass off and say, Oh, that's okay. Uh, it, it doesn't make any difference what folks are saying about the Christ. It does make a difference. If we believe that Jesus is the Christ, then we believe that imitators are not and that they can lead us astray. And there are plenty of those who would like to do that. He is the original. Well, let me, let me just stop here and, and tell you something else. The, reason, the, the way you can determine who is the Christ and who isn't the Christ is in your, in your New Testament. I'm, I'm speaking to people that believe in the Bible. And that's nice because I've spoken to people before that didn't believe in the Bible, and that's a little tougher. But I know you do believe in God's Word, and I know you take it as being true. Now, when we're talking about something that's authentic and something that's imitation, I'll give you an illustration. Somebody comes to you and says, I have a Rolex watch, and I'll sell you that Rolex watch for $1.95. Well, you know that the Rolex costs in the thousands. That's an imitation. And you have a way that you can, you can decide that. Here's someone says, I have a gold bracelet for you. No, no, it's 22 karat gold. I'll give you a gold bracelet and, I'll, and they'll give it to you very cheap. And you find out that it's, it's not gold. It's not even gold plated. It's an imitation. It's an imitation. So there are lots of imitations of Jesus and of lots of imitations of the truth. But we have to, we have to make sure that we know what we're talking about. Uh, diamonds are the same thing, rubies, precious stones. There are ways to decide whether or not these items are original, and not original, but authentic, or imitation. And that's what we should do when we uh, read the gospel of Jesus Christ. We should make sure that we're following him and not someone who says that they are the Christ. I, I know I'm, I'm, speaking, I'm speaking to people that may not be aware of of the extent of the problem. Uh, the extent of the problem is that there are people who have risen up in this country and other places who say they are the Christ, that they speak for the Christ. The Roman Catholic Church has for decades contended that the Pope speaks ex cathedra as the vicar of Christ, that whatever he says is what God wants you to, wants you to believe. Now, that's an imitation. That's not the real, the real deal. You can't find that in the Scriptures. The, the Book of Mormon was presented to show you that there was another Christ who came, or Jesus came, to this continent, came to the uh, Americas, to South America and North America, that he came and gave us another book, the Book of Mormon. 
Mary Baker Eddy, of the Seventh-day Adventist fame, claimed that she was the Christ. So this thing isn't limited. There are people who actually will tell you that they are the Christ or that they're speaking for the Christ. But Paul said there's one mediator between God and man, the man himself, Jesus Christ. So we have the authentic and we have him presented to us on the pages of the New Testament. And we have the imitation which is presented elsewhere. And we could go into a long dissertation of the different ones who, who say that. But, but the main thing is that we know the truth. Once you know the truth, then you know what's false. Some fellow came up to another man and he said, uh, and he pointed to a woman and he says, Isn't that your wife over there? And the fellow said, No. No, it's not. And he said, well, who is it? He said, I don't know. I don't have to know every woman in the world to know that's not my wife. As long as I know my wife. So as long as we know the truth, we don't have to know all the different aspects of error. As long as we know the truth, we have something that we can measure everything by, and that's by the gospel. Then there's the fake, the original and the fake. In the, in the world of art... The original is usually documented. If you're, if you're wanting to buy a precious work of art, you, you make sure that that documentation is there that tells you that this is the original. Or there's, there are fakes that, that look a lot like the original but are not. So the, the point again is, our determination is that we should make sure that we are following the truth and not someone that we think is the truth. Now for that last chart, Timothy, Paul told Timothy, and, and I've, I wanted to get it down to this point. When we're talking about the truth, we're talking about the individual. He is the representation of truth. So now then, Paul told Timothy, I know whom I have believed. And I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. He said, I know whom I have believed. In Matthew chapter 14, verse 22 to 32, there is an a, uh, incident in the life of Peter the Apostle that gives us some insight into what it means to believe in Jesus Christ. John 8, 32, before I get to that, John 8, 32, which we read, says, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. That, again, is one of those questions that we have. What does it mean to make you free? What does he mean when he says, I, I'm going to make you free? He's going to free you from whatever is holding you captive. Now, what holds us captive, we read earlier, was that all that's in the world is the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. If I'm addicted to sin if I'm addicted to pornography who can get me free from it if I'm, ad if I'm addicted to lying and gossip if I'm addicted to anger who's going to free me from it the Bible says you shall know the truth the truth shall make you free if I'm addicted to alcohol and I've got to have my drink who can, who can help me get loose from that if I'm addicted to, to uh, depression and fear and all the things that come about because I'm concerned about this world, who can free me from that? Jesus. Jesus. 
He says, I am the truth. You shall know the truth. The truth shall make you free. Now what Paul said was, I know whom I have believed, and I'm persuaded. Now then, that, that illustration I wanted to give you was, was found in Matthew chapter 14. When Peter and the, the apostles had gotten on a ship, on a boat, and they were crossing the Sea of Galilee to the other shore. They were coming from Perea, I believe it was, and going to the other shore. And, and uh, while they got, Jesus wasn't with them. When they got out in the middle, a storm came up, and Jesus, they saw Jesus walking on the water. And he walked out to them, and Peter jumped up, as was his habit. He jumped up and said, if it's you, if it's you, Lord, bid me come to you. And so Jesus bid him come. Peter got out, started across the water, actually was walking on the water. And then he looked around, he saw the storm around him, and he began to sink. And he, he yelled out, Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Jesus reached down, got his hand, and pulled him out of the water. Now that's exactly where we're at. When he, if we believe that Jesus is the truth, and we're bound by our past life, we're bound by our sins, we're bound by, by our emotions, all that's in the flesh, the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, if we're bound by that, there's only one person that can help me. Jesus Christ. He is the truth. So I look to Him and I say, Okay, Lord, can you do it? What have you promised? Jesus has promised, He said, I'm the resurrection of the life. Jesus has promised that when I get through this life, if I will follow Him, if I will do His will, Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 and 22, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter in the kingdom of heaven, but he that does the will of my Father, which is in heaven. If I've been walking with Jesus... Jesus said, at the end of this life, reach up and say, help me, Lord, and I'm going to help you. I'm going to, I'm going to take you with me. Now, what philosopher you, are you going to follow that will do the same thing for you? When you get to the end, will Socrates say, come on, come on, David, I, you, you can go with me. Will he say, come on, Mary, you can go with me? He no. As a matter of fact, the only one that I have confidence in is the one that's steadfast and firm, and that's Jesus Christ, the Son of God. He will take me home. And I believe that. Do you believe that? That He's true? Do you believe the truth? Good. If you want to start your life this morning, you can by being baptized into Jesus Christ for the mission of sins. And you can walk with Him and He'll take you home. If you... Uh, Change your mind. I don't want to do it this morning, but want to do it later, let me know, because there will be people here to help you do that. Shall we stand and sing the song together?